Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It is Victory Lane. This week on the show, we have a recap of Martinsville Speedway. MTJ is damn good. So is Derek Krause, by the way, k on Pro Series West, winner this past weekend at Kern County Raceway Park. My boy Zach Hamilton joins the show to discuss all the happenings that are going on in the NASCAR world today. Quick preview of Texas and, of course, Lug Nuts of the Week. And as we start our episode this week with our reggaeton horn, I'm not going to do it yet. I just have to say, I'm recording this on Thursday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, a little bit before 1 o'clock p.m. And by golly, the Nationals are World Series champs! Let's go! I'm still on cloud nine. I cannot believe it. I literally got off work yesterday at 1.30, 1.45. I drove straight to D.C. I wanted everything to be lit. It was kind of dead, but it was fine. I... It's starting to sink in. I don't really know when it will. I'm the fact that I'm texting people and saying that I'm going to a world championship parade. I, I if you know anything about me, you know that my life has been defined by basically just saying that I'm a suffering DC sports fan. We got the Caps, got the Mystics, and now we got the Nats. This it's unbelievable. All right, I, I know this is an NASCAR show, and you guys don't care about that. So let's get this started. Give me the biggest, the baddest, that's a double shot for you. How do you like that? All right. First date of 500 at Martinsville Speedway. MTJ leads 464 of the 500 laps, the most laps he's led in his career. And I believe the most laps that were ever led at Martinsville. Uh, Don't quote me on that. But now he's locked into the championship four and is going to Miami to battle for his second career championship. Oh, sure. Yeah, just uh, <clears throat> really happy about it. Obviously, you know, been um, been trying to work on getting a Martinsville win for a long time. It's uh, it's a tough track. It's one that, uh, you know, everybody, I think, wants to win at the history here. And just, uh, you know, it's such a big part of NASCAR. So really proud of everybody on our team for uh for what they did and you know the car they brought the pit stops today were incredible the guys did a great job so just all around a, a great day and um you know to lead that many laps is pretty incredible here so big day big win and uh you know i think homestead is the bonus so here we go we'll see if we can win another championship crew chief cole pern will be there with him and he made a dominant 19 car get up front and stay up front for the entirety of the race i don't even know what to say um yeah that was uh i don't Still don't feel like woke, woken up today. I'm not sure how we did that, to be honest. So I haven't quite processed it. So pretty uh, pretty cool to be, yeah, going to Homestead. Uh, you know, I think four of the last five years for us, and this is the first time we've ever been uh, locked in uh, this early. So I haven't quite processed it all. Hope you can believe it now and <laughs> hopefully get ready for Texas this weekend. Joe Gibbs, team owner, also hype, and, of course, has to thank his sponsors. Joe, come back to the Redskins. 
They're a disarray. They're an embarrassment. If you come back, you can save us. Ty Gibbs, I know you're listening. Just kidding. He's probably not. But Ty, tell Joe to come back and save the skins, please. Yeah, I, I just am so thankful for um, this race, Martinsville, getting locked in. I mean, all the people that mean so much to our race team, Toyota had a good chance to call Bob and everybody there. Uh, Jeff at Auto Owners, huge deal for us there. You can imagine Johnny Morris was here, Norm Miller. It's just when you reflect on that, you know, as an owner, all those people gamble, they come with you, and they're part of the team. And this sport is unlike any other because they truly are in the race, part of it. We couldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So I always think about them. Uh, for Coy and I, uh, just really thankful for everybody back at the race shop too, everybody there. Toyota, just a huge partner. Um, had a chance to speak to everybody there. So it's all about the people, I think. You know, the people back are working on the cars and everything, they don't get to enjoy this. We have a little celebration on uh, Mondays, but um, I'm just really thankful to be a part of something like this, have such great people and be in such a great sport and get a chance. We all love coming to Martinsville. You know there's going to be action, and tonight I think we had quite a bit of it. You had William Byron coming home in second place. He, he had a really, really solid run, impressed a lot of people. Brad Keselowski in third, Denny Hamlin fourth, and Ryan Blaney rounded out the top five. And there was a little bit of a fight skirmish, kerfuffle, you could say, post-race. It happened between Denny and Joey. And basically, they were talking. Joey gave Denny a little slap on the shoulder. And as he walks away, Denny said, why are you walking away? And then everything just kind of went haywire from there. And Dave Nichols Jr., he was the guy in the red shirt that slammed Denny down onto the concrete. He has been suspended for one race for his role. And I actually wrote a column that's going to be posted on Front Stretch probably by the time that you're listening to this. Basically kind of talking about what NASCAR should do in terms of these team members. Should they allow them to get involved in these fights? Should it be a driver-on-driver thing? I don't know. Um, but, I mean, like Dave Nichols, I'm sure you're a nice guy. But I, I think that you should have gotten more than one race for that. I mean, that was that was egregious. It was extremely dangerous. I get that it's the heat of the moment and whatnot. But, I mean, good God almighty. That, that was not cool. And uh, I, I just think that he deserved a bigger punishment than that. But, anyways, he's suspended for one race. He'll be back in Phoenix and then at Homestead Miami Speedway, most presumably. His nickname is Moose, according to some people in the garage. So, Moose will not be on the loose this weekend. Let's also quickly hit on the Napa Enios 150 from Kern County Raceway Park in Bakersfield, California. It was all about Derek Krause. Derek Krause, Derek Krause, Derek Krause. It was his house, and he proved why once again. Leads every single lap from the pole, and it was never really in doubt. He's up 47 points, and the championship is all his as long as he starts next weekend at ISM Raceway. He got it locked up. Derek Krause dominates, leads flag to flag, 150 laps led, and wins for the fourth straight year at Kern County Raceway Park. What is it about this place that you get along with so dang well? I don't know. I mean, everyone everyone asks that question, but it's just, I don't know, I really like this place. It's fast. You got to stay right on the bottom of the racetrack, and I kind of like places like that. It's got a lot of grip. It's a really great racetrack. I really enjoy coming here, whether it's in a Super Late model or in the k and car. So, it was a really good night tonight. I just can't thank all my BMR guys enough. They prepared me a great car coming here, and 
We showed it by leading 152 or 153 laps, whatever it was. That's right. I showed you three to four laps because we had an overtime finish. What were your nerves like in the car when you got that caution called with two to go? But you did nail every single restart up until that point. So were you thinking, all right, I got this one just like everyone else? Uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot more nerves going into that last one for sure. There, I feel like every time I'm leading a race, there's a yellow within the last five, ten to five laps. And I just had a stinky feeling that something was going to, Something's gonna happen, of course, the yellow came out and we had that restart. So I had to, felt like I executed that restart really well and got able, was able to get the lead back and pull away from two car lengths and then just bring it home with the victory. You didn't officially clinch the championship tonight. Do not have the points in front of us yet, but I believe that is, if you show up at ISM Raceway, the championship will be yours officially. What's that feeling like? That feels really good. I've, ever since I've been nine years old in a go-kart, I've always dreamed of becoming a NASCAR champion and going to Phoenix knowing that we got a really good chance of doing that means the world to me and I just can't thank everyone that made this possible. Derek Krause wins for the fifth time this season, fourth straight time at Kern County Raceway Park and next week they'll lock up the championship. So he won the last three races at Kern coming in and the only time he didn't was his first time there and he finished second. It's just amazing what, what he's able to do there and I want you to hear from his crew chief John Camilleri because he has a pretty interesting anecdote on Derek's first time testing in a BMR, BMR car, I should say, at Kern, because he knew right away this kid had something special in general, but especially at this racetrack. Winning crew chief once again this season for the fifth time in 2019, John Camilleri. And like I was just telling you, your championship is all but locked up, but you don't think about that. You just show up every week and set up the car. With that being said, how good did tonight feel leading flag to flag and dominating once again? I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like I was going to throw up every lap. This is, it's more stressful that way. Um, him being really quiet on the radio, I know he knows it's good at that point, but it's just it still becomes stressful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just we come in every week going for the win, make the best of what we got for the, for the race, and Derek does a phenomenal job behind the wheel, and I wouldn't want anybody else in, in the seat for me. You guys have won a lot of races together this year, and you guys have won before here. I mean, what what is it about this place and Derek's driving style that suit each other so well? It, the first day that he came, when we first tested him, when he was 15 years old, never been in a K&N car before, lap two, and he picks up the throttle on a dirty racetrack right in the middle of the corner. I knew he had it. He just he just had it here, and just it, him and that this place just won. It's just got something together. It's it just got something together. It doesn't matter what you give him; he'll, he'll go win with it. And it seems like this place, more than any other place, has been his playground because this is his fourth consecutive win, and this is not even the first time that he's led flag to flag this season. So he's had success at a lot of other places, and you know that firsthand. You work on the cars every week, but it seems like whenever you guys come here, you know you're the favorites. Everybody talks about it, and yet you guys still manage to deliver. It's impressive. It's, I mean, that's that pressure gets put on us, and I, I, I think we could. I, I felt it this weekend more than I have ever really <laughs> um getting getting in here and I, I felt like Derek had a little bit of that in him too but when as soon as we unloaded off the trailer and we were quick everything f fell into place and we just started getting to work so even though the championship was even pretty much locked up coming in here you still feel all that pressure absolutely we come here to win we come in to win every week and that's what we shoot for well you do it pretty well congratulations thank you Jagger Jones with a heck of a rebound to finish second after suffering a flat tire in the first half of the race it was kind of weird both Sunrise 4 drivers suffered flat uh, left front tires, I believe. Or maybe it was right. It was definitely right front. Yeah. So they both suffered the same fate. 
Trevor Huddleston was able to rebound for a top 10 finish. He went two laps down. Jagger only went one lap down. So a P2 runner-up finish for Jagger after the weekend and the night that he thought he was going to have, that's a success. Jagger Jones rebounds from a flat tire earlier in the race to come home with a runner-up finish. No, you want one more to make it two in a row, but I feel like a second place on a night where it seemed like second place was going to be the best of the rest because Derek was in his own area code. That's a pretty good night. Yeah, for sure. A great night for us. I mean, between yesterday and practice and practice today, P2 sounded like a dream for us. We really struggled this weekend, and then we were running about we were running third or fourth, actually, and got a right front, right front flat, barely stayed one lap down thanks to my crew uh, to, to keep in the pits, changing that right front to keep me on the one lap down. And then I got the lucky dog, drove all the way through the field. That last restart um, got up to P2. I'm super pumped. So you're racing Haley pretty hard for the second place position. No secret that you guys have had a couple run-ins today, or this year, I should say, but it looks like it was pretty clean on the track. Yeah, uh, we both raced each other really clean. Um, that's how I like it to be. Mm-hmm. That's how I think it should be. So hopefully this series will build up to that <laughs> slowly but steady. So, I mean, all night, I mean, didn't really tear up too many cars tonight. Ended up P2, good night. When you got that flat tire, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, well, there goes our night at the track that I have experience at? Or did you think you guys were still in the game at that moment? Uh, I thought we were almost we were going to be out of it because I saw my teammate Trevor get a get a flat tire um, and he went two laps down. And yeah. once you go two laps down with a couple laps, one lap down, it's super hard to get the lucky dog yeah. um, because the lap one lap down cars get it. And when we were able to say we right coming out of the pits, it was basically a, a probably the most competitive race all yeah. night with the pace card for me to say <laughs> one, one lap down and. From there, then I knew we were still in it. I knew I could get around those those slower cars and get to the lucky dog, and um, and then from there there was just a few more cars to pass to get up to back where we were. One more race left in the season. It's one of your home tracks at Phoenix. Outlook going there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've never. I don't think most of us have uh, been to Phoenix yep. before, so it'll definitely be um, a little learning experience for all of us. A bigger track. Uh, we don't get a lot of practice, so. Uh, but I'm still looking forward to it. A hometown race, having a lot of fa- friends and family and. Closing out the season, I think we're fighting for P2 still in the championship, um, which in a rookie and the rookie of the year should be closed out there. So um, all in all, a good season for us. And I just have to thank the Sunrise Ford team and Bob and Cotty for giving me uh, this opportunity this year. And we've I think we've done pretty well this year. I think still got one more race to go, so I'll focus on that. I shall. We'll see you there. Thank you. Right behind him was his best friend jokes Haley Deegan in third place she she was able to hang with Derek Krause a little bit on the restart uh, she was pretty much the only one to do so all night you know he would get out to about a 5 10 15 car length lead but she would keep it around five to seven car lengths and she was pretty much the only driver that was able to do so so she will not win the championship this year but she still got one more opportunity to get another victory in 2019 for BMR Podium run for Haley Deacon tonight. It seemed like nobody was catching your teammate, Derek Krause. You tried to, and you did keep it close on a couple of restarts, but you told me that at the end of the race, your car just did not handle right. It was a little too tight. Yeah, Derek, for some reason, he has two tens that you can't find every single lap. I don't know where the hell he's finding it, because I am trying. I am driving my ass off, and I just can't find it. I'll back up my corners. It's slower. Driving in deeper, that's the only time. Like For some reason... The deeper I drove it in, the better my car turned. And when I tried backing up my corner to get to turn when it was tight, just would not turn. I could not wrap the bottom like he could. So uh, we started out really, really free, and I was like, whew, this is kind of sketchy, but it's going to come in good. It was coming in good, and we I wouldn't say reeled him in, but held his pace. And Which is an accomplishment. Yeah, well, it was something. No one else has <laughs> been able to do that yet. So, 
Um, I think at the end of the day, just if we come back here, we'll just have to really free it up during that break. So you were following him a lot during the race, and you were, like we said, as close as anybody was. Were you able to glean any information as to what he was doing better than everybody else? Honestly, no. I don't know what he's, other than his car just turning bare to the bottom, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why his car just turns so good to the bottom without him being, like, stupid free yeah. the whole race. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the battle for second place in the championship, I believe you are still in the running for that. Derek, I, I don't have the points in front of me, but, I mean, he won the championship. Him, yeah. As long as he starts the race in Phoenix, that's a wrap. So, yeah. mindset going into Phoenix, obviously a lot of people in this series have never been there in these cars, so it seems like it's anybody's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is. I think that uh, I know the 9 had a bad day. It's like a right front or something over here. Yeah. Um, but then I think that going to Phoenix, it's just we're going for the win. And then at the end of the day, Derek has nothing really to lose. I have nothing really to lose. The second place in the championship is like, I'm going to try to get a win if I can. So I know it's going to be tough because of the Arca cars coming there and a couple of these East Coast guys, which they have a lot of technology out there. But I think our program's definitely stepped it up. BMRs did a great job, another one of that championship this year. So they got it. All right, nice job. We'll see you there. Thanks. Brittany Zamora and Todd Souza rounded out the top five finishers. And as we mentioned, one race remains for the K&M Pro Series West coming at ISM Raceway in Phoenix. Pretty excited for it. All right, it's interview time. Let's talk with NBC Sports Washington production assistant and resident good old country boy, Zach Hamilton. He's one of my buddies at work. We chatted on Wednesday afternoon about the playoffs, the Final Four, and some fights. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. It was just two guys chatting it up, doing our thing. And apologies for the lack of good audio, I guess you could say. It was on my phone because I forgot to bring my microphone yesterday because I was focused on the Nats, as I should have been, frankly. So uh, hope you enjoy our conversation, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome into NBC Sports Washington. We have transported time and space, and I am now joined by my wonderful colleague, a George Mason Patriot, through and through, my production assistant home skillet, Zach Hamilton. Zach, you are a country boy at heart, I would say, and you're also one of the only other NASCAR fans here with me at work, so thanks for joining. Yeah, yeah, definitely a country fan, as well as a NASCAR fan, dirt fan, racing all the way around. How did you get into NASCAR? Who was your guy? And how often do you follow it now? Because I know that it's not your number one sport per se, but you still follow along with everything going on. Yeah, I grew up in a family that loved NASCAR. We used to go to uh, Richmond races, Bristol races, Charlotte, Martinsville, the works around the uh, Virginia area. Nowadays, I don't follow it quite as much as I used to, just because I, yeah, I know, working in sports, you tend to be wrapped around all kinds of sports nowadays. Uh, I was a Tony Stewart fan growing up. Love smoke. Love the uh, I'm just going to push you out of my way attitude that he had, throwing helmets, whatever. I was all for it. And I still follow him. Uh, Since he left NASCAR and became a dirt racer, I now follow dirt racing probably more than I do NASCAR. Mm -hmm. And I follow him and Casey Kane's over there as well. In fact, the two of them owning sprint car teams are competing next weekend for the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Championship. Mm-hmm. Casey Kane's driver uh, leads by eight points going into the finale of that Is that one. Brad Sweet? Brad Sweet over Tony Stewart's Donnie Schatz. Yep. It's a big one right there in Charlotte, across the street from Charlotte Motor Speedway yep. at the dirt track. It's going to be a good one on the dirt. I'm looking forward to that. So let's talk about asphalt, though. Um, so like like you talked about, I mean – you don't follow NASCAR as much as you did, but you have the playoff standings pulled up now. 
What have you thought of the playoffs so far? How many races have you watched? I know, obviously, you watch all of my highlight videos, so you know what's going on each and every week because, obviously, you know that. So what do you think of the playoffs so far? I mean, it seems like Martin Truex Jr. is the hottest guy that there is. Maybe Denny Hamlin looped them together, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what Truex has done in the past two or three years has just been remarkable, flipping teams, doing everything that he has. He's just been on top of the NASCAR world. I haven't watched a ton of the races, but I have been able to watch all your highlight videos as I'm very dedicated right. to your to your profile. Uh, you know, Truex, I think, is in the driver's seat here. I, I think he's been nice here, pun. done that. Yeah, I know what I yeah. I'm good at those. You'll <laughs> learn quickly. Uh Hamlin though, like I feel like Hamlin is just good at being runner up. In the end of things. He's always You don't good. think this is the year though? Everybody says it's the year. I, don't I kind think of it agree. Is. I, I think it's Truex again. Okay. I think it's Truex. And if it's not Truex, it might be Logano. Again? Again. Even though he's below the cutoff right now and he has not made a lot of friends. Yeah. Because Rubin's racing. Well, you don't have to make friends. Okay, so, so let me ask you about that then, because Denny Hamlin has been on the quote-unquote good side of things this year when it comes to driver feuds. So obviously we had the thing with him and Logano this weekend, but he, he actually said after he was racing Kevin Harvick for the win at New Hampshire, he could have easily dumped him going into turns one and two, but he thought of it as one of those things, and I think he said this, quote, putting a coin in the deposit box. Whereas, you know, look, I'm trying to get to Homestead. I'm trying to win a championship. I'm not going to make a lot of enemies along the way. Sure, we're going to race hard. We're going to beat fenders, but I'm not going to flat out wreck somebody. So that was one of those things that he did. And then at Dover, we asked him point blank, like, why, why were you pissed off at what Joey Logano did to you? And then he went on his tirade saying, he's 24 freaking laps down. Like, get out of the way. So he wasn't already happy with Joey because of that. And then they had the incident on track at Martinsville. And then they had the incident post-race at Martinsville. And then Denny did his great impersonation of Joey, which was hilarious. So that, that's why I'll push back on Joey a little bit. He's not made a lot of friends, not only this postseason, not only this regular season, but throughout his entire career, specifically the last two, three years. And people remember that, especially race car drivers. They have long memories. Yeah, they do. The one thing I look at is when you look over the course of NASCAR in the past, you can say, decade and a half, you have champions like Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, Matt Kenseth, Kyle Busch, even as a winner, and none of those guys made friends. You don't have to make friends to win championships. You could see, go back just to when Logano won before. Mm -hmm. He made a lot of enemies that year, yep. and he was able to still win the championship regardless. If you're a good race car driver, it doesn't matter if you have friends. The only time friends matter is restrictor plates. He's past those. I'd say make as many enemies as you want. But going back quickly to the um, – feud between Hamlin and Logano and Martinsville got me thinking and I don't know if you ever thought about this or not but if I'm a race car driver and I can pick one crew member to get rid of my problem fight them remove them do whatever which crew member are you going to pick like on my like a well, crew my, member yeah like a gas man jack man uh, tire changer what who do you want to exterminate your problem I guess that would be like a case-by-case -case basis because th there's a guy named Paul Swan who's on Racing Wives, which is a whole other conversation. But he is on Austin Dillon's crew. I think he's the Jack Man, mm -hmm. and he is jacked. And he, he's, like, huge. But, I mean, as you, as you know, a lot of these pit crew members are former athletes that play college football, professional football, big, hunky, strong, muscular guys. So whoever you get is probably going to be a solid bet. And the guy that got suspended on uh, Joey Logano's team, I forget his name off the top of my head, Daniel something maybe, um, I said it earlier in the show. He got suspended for one week, 
but and he's a big guy, and he actually, ironically, also got in the middle of Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin's prior pit road scrum at Bristol in 2015, I believe. He's a big guy. He wasn't the strongest guy. I guess if you're going by like stereotypes, probably the Jackman is the most strong, muscular guy. The Gasman is also big. Tire changers and tire carriers maybe a little smaller, but if you made me pick, I'd probably go with the Jackman. See, I, I, that's my initial reaction, but when I actually thought about it for a minute, I'd rather have a tire changer. Think about how quick their hands are. So you're, you're going to get into the boxing aspect of things get now. Get the boxing aspect of things, <laughs> but also how fast they are. Yeah. They're, they're very fast most times. But when you're in like a pit road scrum like that, there's no time to punch. It's all just like grab whatever you can grab and pull and just yeah, push. But, uh, but when you're smaller, right, you got all these big guys around yeah. you. You can weave in and out. Right. You, can, you can find spots when you want them. That, that was like the week before Tyler yeah. Reddick. He just like – or I think it was Cole Cusser. He just like looped out behind all these pit crew members mm-hmm. and just came yep. out the back when unscathed. Being smaller has some advantages. Yeah, it does. Okay. So that was a good tangent. I wanted to get into that. And before we, we get off of that, I want to ask your opinion on it. So there's been a lot of talk, and I'm sure you've seen it on social media, about the the difference between drivers fighting drivers, pit crews fighting with drivers, whether there should be a third man rule because the, the analogy is to basketball and hockey, whereas in basketball, if there's a, a scrum or a fight going on on the court, if you come off the bench, you're suspended automatically. And in hockey, when there's a man fighting another man, there can be a thir- there's a third person rule where I think um, – I don't actually I don't know the rule, but I know that once they're down on the ground, the fight's over. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think NASCAR should do, if anything, in this situation in terms of policing it? Should it just be driver on driver? Should it be the crews can do whatever they want? Should there be a third man rule? Like, how, how would you handle this? Well, first off, we need to applaud NASCAR for rerouting what they were doing about six or seven years ago, where if I touched you on the shoulder. You're getting called to the hauler, and you'd miss races or miss a ton of points or whatever the Boys case Boys have at it. Let them have it. And I think that it should be more a driver-on-driver thing. Now, if there's a if there's a pit crew beef between two pit crews, let them do their thing. Yeah. But I, I think that uh, I think they should let the drivers have their words. Honestly, I don't see very often it's going to lead to punches. I think that most of the time it would just be a little pushing, shoving, yeah. a few name-calling incidents. Probably more talking than anything. Yeah. And, and if you're NASCAR, it's free press, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and now if someone does punch someone, then obviously you're going to have to, you know, after the fact, try to suspend them or talk to them or whatever. But let them talk. It, it might actually save you down the line from having more incidents. Yeah, and this weekend that's what was going on, right? Denny went over to Joe to talk. Joey did not like what Denny had had to say, so that's when he gave the the infamous now shoulder bump, and then he walked away, as Denny points out he always does. So then Denny goes over. He didn't like that. Denny was being held back by, I think, Joey's PR man, Kyle Zimmerman, and a couple other crew members, and then the next thing you know, it's an all-out brawl somewhat. And then the funny thing is, and Denny said this in his post-race interview too, Joey kept saying, you want to go? And Denny's saying, I'm right here. Like, I, I I, don't pick favorites in this type of situation, but I was just kind of laughing at Denny's whole reaction to everything because, one, the impression of Joey gained him a lot of fans. Two, I don't think he was in the wrong here. It was just hard racing. Three, if Joey didn't like what he had to say, he could have said, I don't like what you have to say about that instead of hammering him on the shoulder and walking away. And four, if Joey said, you want to go, and Denny said yes, then why didn't Joey lunge again? And then he was just like, whatever, I'm done. So... And then about the crew thing, 
I'm conflicted on it because there's the argument that's like, well, the crew guys work just as hard, if not harder than the drivers. They pour their blood, sweat, and tears into all this. They should have the ability to stand up for their driver because that's human nature. That's what they do. But then there's the argument of, well, and Jeff Gluck said this on the, the Teardown podcast, which I agree with also. Sorry, crew guys. This is a driver-driven sport, pun intended. They drive the ratings. They bring in all the money. And the pit crews don't do that. So it's it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't if you're NASCAR. Well, and you just brought up a good point that made me think of it is the crews are the ones that build these cars. Yeah, the drivers hop in and they drive it. But the crews are the ones that spend weeks building in the shop. They go over everything with a fine-tooth comb. And if someone goes out and dumps your car and, yeah. and ruins a thing that you spent weeks on. Right. Say you're building this magnificent podcast for a couple of weeks, and then I just walk in and wipe it and say, oops, my bad. Yeah. I don't think you'd take too kindly nah, to that. I so I, from that aspect, Neither I'm actually would my gonna, 10 listeners, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to go backwards, and I, I, think, I think that the NASCAR should just let the crews do what they want. Yeah, I just go back and forth. Like, I feel like if they made a rule where it was driver on driver and then the crews would kind of just be, like, standing idly by, it would be a really weird visual for that to be, like, on camera and in, and in photos and everything. And then the crew members would complain about it. And then social media would be, oh, well, you guys need to get the crew members back involved. And that's a whole nother discussion with NASCAR listening to social media too much. But we don't <laughs> have time for that. Uh, we have the points pulled up right now. Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott are below the cut line. Uh, Chase Elliott, I think, kind of in a must-win scenario at the moment because he had some actual troubles. Kyle Larson, he's in seventh place, but he did gain nine stage points in the second stage by virtue of staying out. So good call on Chad Johnson's part. Ryan Blaney, he just did not have a lot of points coming into the round. He had a solid day, finished inside the top five, but he's still on the outside looking in. And Kevin Harvick, uh, if you guys know me, you know that I follow him a little bit closer than everybody. And he did not have a good day at all at Martinsville, but they were able to salvage something out of nothing. Got a seventh place finish in a day where they pretty much ran, like, honestly, 12th to 15th or so. So you have Martin Truex Jr., who already has punched his ticket. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano are above the cut line at the moment. So if, if if Phoenix were to come right now and the checkered flag were to fly, it would be the 19, the 11, the 18, and the 22. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who will be joining MTJ in the championship four in Miami? Give me your three. I think Denny will be there. I agree. And I think that he will finish second ultimately again. Okay. Uh, I think that it's actually not Kyle Busch. I think Joey Logano's in, obviously. And then the last person that I'd put in is Harvick. What do you think of Kyle Busch's struggles? Because I'm very conflicted on it. There's, there's, There's a lot of people saying, well, there's something going on. In his personal life outside of the car, and there's some people saying, well, he's kind of second fiddle now, or you could even argue third fiddle to Truex and Hamlin at JGR, and he's not enjoying that. His psyche's off because previously, right? I mean, this is we're talking way back in his Hendrick days and early JGR days. The thing that happened this weekend with Almarola when he just basically he got pinched coming off a of turn three and then wrecked him off a of turn four and wrecked his day because he finished outside the top ten, or he would have finished inside it otherwise. That wouldn't have happened like earlier this year, last year even, going back to 2015 when he won, coming back from his broken foot and broken leg. But something seems up with him, and I don't know what it is. I don't think anybody really knows what it is. I don't even know if he knows what it is. He just might be in a funk right now where he just can't get out of it because, yeah, he hasn't won in you know, 17, 19 races, whatever it is. That's nothing in the grand scheme of things. But for Kyle Busch, 
that seems like an eternity. Yeah, and it seems like an eternity. And actually looking at it here, he's led the most laps this season out of anybody. But that all came in the first half because yeah, after the first did. half of the year, he dropped off and big time. But I think, and you know, being a Tony Stewart fan, there are a lot of similarities you could draw between Tony Stewart and Kyle Busch. That's very true. Okay. So Tony, after he got a championship under his belt, kind of settled down a little, became that less agile, I'm going to throw everything I have at you type person. He kind of settled into a little groove. He wasn't that number one racer anymore, but he was a top 10 guy. And then he decided that he wanted to own a team, right? So he left JGR, he went over with Haas and started Stuart Haas Racing. I'm not so sure that Kyle's not going to do the same thing. That's a hot take. I'm not saying with someone else. I'm just thinking he might take KBM and move it to Cup. That's a hot take. Well, they, uh, okay, here's my thing. Back to that second fiddle thing. He, Kyle, like Tony could not handle not being that prime dog. What, but do you remember what happened when he tried to bring KBM to Xfinity? Do you remember what happened? Not good things. Okay, yeah. So he brought it up, and essentially they were racing, like I think it was Joe Gibbs racing equipment, but they could barely finish top 10, top 5. They, they couldn't compete for wins. So they shut that idea down. He went back to running actual JGR cars in Xfinity and went back to winning every single week. So the, the KBM Xfinity experiment failed. So I, I really don't think that he's going to bring KBM up to cup. I think the only realistic option for like a, a, a smaller team in the truck series coming up to Cup in the near future would be either Junior Motorsports from Xfinity to Cup, but even Dale Jr. has said he doesn't really want to do that, or DGR Crosley, which is a team in trucks and the k Pro Series East, eventually working their way up there. Mm. But I And again, this is another topic for another podcast, but I don't think there's like any real owners out there that are in the lower series that are going to be moving up to Cup in the next... like three, four years. Maybe Matt Collig with Collig Racing comes to mind because he's just signed on Ross Chastain for next year, full-time deal. Uh, Has Justin Haley this year. He's coming back next year as well. So I don't know, but I'm very interested to see like what happens with Kyle Busch. So you have joining Truex, you have Denny Hamlin, you have Joey Logano, and you have Kevin Harvick joining him. So I'm going to I'm gonna say along with Truex, I got Denny there for sure. I got... I got I'm going to pick Kyle Busch because I think he's going to do just enough to get there. I don't think he's going to win at Texas. I don't think he's going to win at Phoenix. And I don't think he's going to win the championship, which is annoying because I put a bet on him in, like, May when I went to Charlestown with PJ. Um, So I think he'll get there. And then I think it's going to be a toss-up between Logano and Harvick. I'll probably give the edge to Harvick because Phoenix is the last race in the cutoff of this Mm -hmm. round. And even though the package is different at Phoenix and even though there's PJ1 that's going to be applied – the track is different, but it's also similar in a lot of aspects, and Harvick is just so damn good there. Plus, Texas, he won there twice, I think, last year, with mm-hmm. one of them being taken away with the yep. infamous spoiler and the L1 violation. So I think he's going to get there. With that being said, we're going to close it out here. Who do you got as your champion at this moment? Truex. I have to say Denny. I think this is Denny's year. He's having a career he's gonna, year. He's going to finish second Dude, fiddle. I'm telling you, I, I thought it's in his blood. I thought at the end of last year, when Denny did not win a single race, he did not look competitive whatsoever. He barely made the playoffs. Right? I thought like this might be Denny's last year at JGR. This year, 2019, we're talking mm-hmm. about. He comes out of the gate with JD Gibbs, who who discovered him and was very close with Denny, passing away. Wins the Daytona 500. So you're thinking, well. Seems that that cure or that uh, curse was fixed. Then he goes out and in the first half of the year statistically has an 
unbelievable season, the best of his career to date. Wins at Texas earlier in the year, wins a couple more races. Now he has four or five wins, I want to say. He has looked unbelievable this season. Like like he mentioned and like I mentioned, those coins in the deposit box, I think those are going to pay dividends when he gets to Miami. Because, yeah, he has Joey Logano that's a little bit mad at him. Truex doesn't really have anybody that's mad at him, per se. But I'm telling you, I think people in the cup garage, drivers mostly, have noticed the change in Denny. Joe Gibbs has noticed it, too. He's spoken to it, said that off the track, he's in a better place than he ever has been. On the track, he is, too. And his crew chief, Chris Gabehart, they kind of had a new beginning this year. Whatever they're doing, it is working. Denny Hamill wins the championship. Final thought from me. Truex Jr. wins the championship, Hamlin finishes second, and they finish 1-2 at Miami. That's not even a hot take because in, I think, how many years is this playoff? 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18. So in the five years that this Final Four format has been in existence, I think the championship four have finished 1-2-3-4 four times. Yeah, everyone just gets out of the way. They don't want to be... You saw, I think it was last year, Kyle Larson, or maybe two years ago, Kyle Larson Mm could have easily gotten the win... And he just got out of the way because he didn't want to. He didn't want to interfere with anybody. So yeah. I, I agree with and that. That's why I think that Logano is not out of it because I don't think anyone. Ultimately, I don't think anyone would wreck him at Miami. Wreck Logano? Nope. Oh, don't I completely so. disagree. Now Phoenix, Tru- Phoenix or Texas? By Tru- far, they would. Truex would not wreck him because he showed at Martinsville last year that he wouldn't. Harvick would wreck him because he doesn't really care. Kyle Busch would wreck him because he doesn't care at all. Denny would wreck him because... Well, I'm talking more about the people outside of the playoffs. So you're talking about the friends all, that he all, would need. Yes, yes. Okay, I, I see yes. that. Um, no, all right. I mean, if I'm going for the championship, I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to dump you. Yeah. Tony Stewart, your boy, said he'd wreck yeah. his mom for a championship. And he he wrecked everyone on yes. his way to one, so yes. <laughs> he, he definitely would. All right, so you got Truex winning it all. I got Denny winning it all. Maybe in the offseason we'll do another one of these and recap and have a more long-form conversation, but... Thank you for joining me. Enjoy the dirt races that we have and as the year winds down. And uh, by the way, Zach is doing big things here. He's a PA with me, but he also produced his first halftime Redskins show. So congratulations to you. I'm clapping on my chair for you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining me. Bye. Goodbye. There you have it. Me and my boy, Zachy H. Zach Hamilton, Zhammy27. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, he does some play-by-play stuff for George Mason as well. So hope he hope if you're a George Mason Patriot fan, you will enjoy him on Twitter. Let's look ahead to AAA Texas 500 weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Just some quick previews. Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBCSN. Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, and Chase Elliott are the guys sitting below the cut line right now. Chase Elliott had a broken axle, an axle problem at Martinsville so he's pretty much in a winner go home situation for the next two weeks the heavy hitters as usual are the favorites Kyle Busch is up there Denny Hamlin Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick is also up there turns one and two at Texas are a little bit eh, they're not great they're not terrible they're just kind of there three and four are going to be probably a little bit better racing wise now are they going to put down PJ1 I'm not sure they've talked about putting it in the upper groove in turns one and two I hope they do because that can possibly improve the racing there. I guess we'll see when cars hit the track, won't we? Look, Nets of the Week! Cue the music. Matt Tift did not race this past Sunday and will not for the remainder of the season. Unfortunately, he suffered a seizure. 
He said that it does not, as of now, have any correlation to his brain tumor, which uh, thankfully, we hope, remains the case. John Hunter Nemechek is going to fill in for him for the remainder of the season, and that kind of puts next year's plans for Front Row Motorsports a little bit up in the air. But first and foremost, we hope Matt Tiff gets healthy and is all good moving forward. The Pocono doubleheader race lengths were announced. Saturday's cup race is going to be 325 miles, 130 laps, and Sunday will be 350 miles, 10 laps longer, 140. Chad Knauss, Adam Stevens, Brian Patty, and Jeremy Bullins, crew chiefs for William Byron, Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Ryan Blaney, respectively, were all fined $10,000 for loose lug nuts after Martinsville. Tony Stewart is making a demonstration run in a cup car at Circuit of the Americas this weekend. Formula One is there in Austin, so that should be fun to watch. Todd Gilliland, how about this, <laughs> wins the truck race, his first career Gander Outdoors Truck Series victory. So first, we'll hear from him in the media center on the victory. Yeah, what a race. Um, I'd say we didn't have quite the speed just overall. Um, to start the race, I was really tight. Uh, we made one pit stop and made it a lot, a lot better, where I could contend for probably top five. And then we were in a wreck, knocked the nose in, knocked the whole right side in. Um, we were going to stay out, but we decided the tires were going to probably rub. So we came in and got four fresh tires and made even more adjustments. And um, man, I think our, we, our, we made our truck a ton better throughout the race. Uh, played the pace of the, the whole race really well um, after we got that last set of, last set of tires. Um, just picked people off kind of methodically and, um, you know, 40 laps is a long time here, uh, even at the end when we were up in like fourth or fifth. So um, just about controlling it from there and um, just being smart. And you probably saw on Twitter, he let out a bit of a tirade. It wasn't really a tirade. It was just kind of mean words on his radio to Kyle Busch, basically saying, you guys are the best. I love you guys. Kyle Busch, you can stay in your bleeping motorhome. And uh, yeah, he said that. So, I mean, Kyle, he, he was actually kind of having some fun with it, basically saying, you know, hey, heat of the moment, that stuff happens. No, he's not fired, but I think it'd be crazy to think that he's going to be back there next year because, one, performance has not been great, and two, now that that happened, yeah, not looking good for Toddy G to be back with KPM next year. Oscar Meyer has extended their sponsorship of Ryan Newman with Rash Fenway Racing through 2021. They're going to also uh, have a new car available for fans to basically design that paint scheme. So that's pretty cool. Our Motorsports, O-U-R that is, they are a new Xfinity team that will compete full-time next year. Andy Sice, former NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour champ, will be the driver. As well as Hunt Garrett Racing. It's going to be known as Sam Hunt Racing, just like normal. They're also attempting to go Xfinity Racing. Talk to Sam Hunt. He said that their goal is to make Daytona, but Homestead Miami Speedway is also a possible option. And some news that broke this morning, Chevrolet is going to a Camaro ZL1 1LE for next year in the Cup Series. I have no idea what that means in terms of racing or race pace. And Brandon Jones will be returning to Joe Gibbs Racing for the 2020 Xfinity Series season. All right, that will wrap things up for episode 35 of Victory Lane 2.0. Uh, shorter than usual, I would say, but hey, my mind's been in other places. I'm... I'm literally just watching a replay of MLB Network's coverage post-game of World Series Game 7. I just, I can't believe it. <laughs> I really I really can't believe it. If, like, if you guys know me, then you know how much this means, especially because I was not here for the Caps uh, Stanley Cup run. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do, like, a video or something explaining why 
why this is so much different for me. But um, yeah, Nat Nats are World Series champs. It, the Nationals are World Series champs. So I will see you guys back here next week for another episode of Victory Lane. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Peace and love, everybody. Enjoy the racing this weekend. And if you're a Nationals fan, I will see you at the championship parade in the nation's capital. Let's go!